0: I'm Mary Wood for the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education, (laughs) and I'm very pleased to welcome those of you who are here in the Herbst Theater of the Veterans Building in Mm -hmm. San Francisco on this evening, which is Wednesday, May 2nd, 2012. And I'd also like to welcome those who may be listening to this program at a future time via the wonderful Internet. These points of view programs are produced by the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education along with other adult programming including the Meet the Artist interviews which occur in the Opera House um, an hour before selected um, performances and the Ballet 101 series which is a wonderful five-part interactive seminar that takes place um, five weeks or so before the season starts. Keep your eyes on the publicity for that. And then the Center for Dance Education also produces a great deal of wonderful children's programming, including our renowned uh, dance in schools and communities, and, of course, community matinees, to which thousands of children are brought to the Opera House. The uh, Center for Dance Education is directed by Charles Chip McNeil, and the adult education is coordinated by Cecilia Beam. All of these programs are recorded, so, of course, I um, encourage you to go to the San Francisco Ballet's website, sfballet.org, where you can find the interviews, find videos, and find all the latest information about programming and casting and the news, and all the news that you could possibly want, and it's a beautiful site. hope you're familiar with it. I especially this evening would like to welcome a group of generous donors who are with us. We really want to say thank you to the Friends of San Francisco Ballet, the Christian Society, and the Chairman's Council. Thank you for the support that you give to San Francisco Ballet that enables us to do what we do. we're very pleased that we had this opportunity this evening at a prior reception, which I hope you enjoyed, and to enjoy this program just as a token of our appreciation. So a very warm thank you to you. Yes. Well, this is the last Points of View program for this season. Uh, Just a couple of items of housekeeping before we get on with the fun stuff. Those of you who are regulars who might have been with us a couple weeks ago, remember we did discuss the fact that the Veterans Building will be under renovation. I'm happy to report that at this point the timeline will enable us to at least start next season here. So at the end of January 2013, report to the green room upstairs for next year's Points of View programming. And this is your last week to see the company in this season's repertoire. Um, If you don't happen to catch the company in Sun Valley, Idaho this summer, or in Moscow, Russia, yes, Russia this summer, or Hamburg, Germany, this summer, you can catch the company in their annual visit to Stern Grove. And that has been announced for July 29th. So yes, we are concluding this widely diverse season and looking forward to a fascinating and equally diverse season next year. So my companions this evening have plenty of material for a lively discussion and at this time (laughs) I would like to present San Francisco Ballet's artistic director and principal choreographer Helgi Thomason and concluding his second full season Mm -hmm. with San Francisco Ballet technical director Christopher Dennis So as I've said about three times, we are ending the season that had three or four, four world premieres and two San Francisco ballet premieres, including the sensational Onegin. More about that in a minute, maybe. Um, The significant revivals, I think we call Balanchine Scotch Symphony a revival although it's been 40 years since the company did it. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, this week's Don Quixote, which is a revival, but in a new production. So obviously, I think that will be the highlight, the centerpiece of our discussion this evening. However, there's so much excitement. um, I, I just can hardly believe what's forecast for next season. So I thought a little brief preview might be a fun thing for this audience mm-hmm. who will, of course, be enjoying every minute of it. And before that, I thought you might like to say a couple of words about the amazing touring schedule this summer. Helgi, the company is going to Russia. This is a company yes. first.
1: Yes, it's a first.
0: Can you say a little more about how we got that invitation?
2: Well, I'm always looking for um, additional performing opportunity for the company. And um, usually the fall is the time, that we can mm-hmm. tour. Uh, we had um, planned on going to Kennedy Center. We forgot about Kennedy Center.
0: Oh well that's later. Yeah.
2: <laughs> 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 but anyway, we had. We are going to London mm-hmm. in September for a, a wonderful season at Saddles Wells. And so I basically had these two. Uh, touring opportunities, and I thought that's great. Uh, John uh, Neumeier asked me to, if it was possible I could bring uh, a group of our dancers mm-hmm. to Hamburg this summer. He has uh, something he calls a Najinsky Nij- Festival Week, which uh, the conclusion is on the end of the week, Sunday is like a big gala of, of that he mm-hmm. puts together. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen two of those galas, and um, believe me or not, they last five and a half to six hours. <laughs> and you can't get a ticket, because it's sold out Amazing. way in advance. So uh, he asked me if I could bring a, a program, uh, two performances for the company, and I said, sure, you know, why not? Uh, he's also doing his own uh, The Little Mermaid, And he thought it would be a great idea to invite four of our principals who danced the role here to dance with his company, those roles, during that week. So, Yuan Yuan Tan, Sarah Van Patten is going, Teet Helmut, and David uh, Karapatian. So they will participate with the the Hamburg Ballet. Then we will come in and do a program for two nights. And um, all of a sudden, um, I had met the the new director of the Bolshoi Theater about a year over a year ago, and he had said to me, "It'd be great if you could, you know, come with a group." And I said, "Let me know." We talked about it last year; it didn't work out just times and, and um, dates, but all of a sudden, you know, he said, "What about this summer?" And I said, "When?" <laughs> well, <laughs> it's in June, and I said, "Well, I'm going to Hamburg in June." And he said, "Well," can you make those dates? And, and um, actually what will happen, we will dance in in Hamburg on Tuesday and Wednesday, right? That's correct. Mm-hmm. We will fly to Moscow on Thursday and dance at the Bolshoi on Friday and Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, with a group of about 18, da- 20 dancers. Yeah,
1: and, I, and actually, we get to Hamburg on the Tuesday. we open no, we get to Hamburg on the Monday, open on the Tuesday, and I'm actually flying to Moscow on the Wednesday right after we open Hamburg <laughs> to prepare for when the company then shows up the following day. so it's going to be a little and crazy. I told
2: you about the last <laughs> gala on the evening of uh, John Neumeier's. Uh There are four dancers from our company who are participating in that, so on after performing Friday and Saturday in Moscow, I fly with them Sunday morning and we dance Sunday night in Hamburg. <laughs> 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 so um, this is quite unusual, but, uh, <laughs> but I couldn't say no, right? So. Oh,
0: fantastic.
2: And then a week later, we are in Sun Valley mm-hmm. for a, a performance, one performance there. It's a beautiful theater they have, uh, an outdoor theater, brand new. Uh, it's ba- basically used for the concerts, mm-hmm. but they're very much interested in having some dance involved, and I, I, of course, jumped on the opportunity to bring the company there. So um, that's another. You're going that's ahead. True. of You're going <laughs> ahead of us. So you know.
1: while Helgi jumps on these opportunities, I do these advances yeah, right. <laughs> to <laughs> Germany and London and Sun Valley. I, I didn't make it out to Moscow, but uh, actually, just today I received an email and. Uh, the, the team in Moscow, the Bolshoi, they're performing in Toronto, so I think I'm going to be flying to Toronto to have a meeting with them about our our visit to Moscow. So uh, as opposed to me flying all the way to Moscow for a meeting. So.
2: Well, I didn't want you to be
1: bored. <laughs> here, <right? laughs> <So>. Clearly. <laughs> uh, well,
0: I'm just wondering, are these dancers going to get any break? <laughs> Do they have a vacation? Yes, Do then they?
2: we come back and we start preparing for the next season.
0: <laughs> oh right, there's that, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which we're about to talk about. That's right, That's right.
2: Um, and uh, in, in the fall we go to Kennedy Center for a week, mm-hmm. which is uh, great for us. We haven't been there for a while, and uh, I think it's very important for the company to be seen at Kennedy Center. Um, in many ways I, f- I think of it as the sort of the national venue theater. Mm for American companies and foreign companies, but I would prefer mostly American companies (laughs) to be seen uh, at Kennedy Center.
0: Great. Well, speaking of next season, um, I think just for purposes of organization, Encores, we are repeating all four of the new works that were premiered this year, and the revivals, and so um, we start with Onegin, and that appears to have been a pretty successful little show. Um, <laughs> just a couple of words about what you know, what motivated you to bring it to the company and how it has how the company has responded to doing it and how the audience is going to look forward to it next season
2: well uh, it 's a ballet that has had great deal of success all over the world and uh, um, several years ago I had tried to um, make it possible mm-hmm. to have it danced here it just didn't work out for various reasons that I'm not going to go into but yeah. it just didn't work out until um, t- very recently it was uh, reproduced in a new costumes and scenery mm-hmm. up in Toronto mm-hmm. and uh, so I went up there and um, I spoke to the O- the owner of the ballet who owns the rights to it, and uh, I reminded him that I had emailed him many times and, and, and what about finally getting some positive answers for us to, so he said yes, so this is why we mm-hmm. finally got, mm-hmm. and I think maybe you know I have the right people for it, mm-hmm. so maybe it worked out for the best. But it, it's a beautiful ballet, and um, like I said, has has um, it's it's a ballet that has been known all around the world and performed all around the world uh, with great success. And I think our dancers did uh, an outstanding job with it. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure next season when, you know, sometimes getting back into something again right away practically, yeah. it it's always helpful. They grow in the role and um, besides I think that Santos did a beautiful costumes and scenery. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure did.
0: So it's visually, it's yeah. just gorgeous, mm-hmm. and, uh, and the dancing is amazing, mm-hmm. and the character parts for our dancers right. are yep. very fulfilling to hear them talk about it. So Yes,
2: it's, it's an important part in the dancer's development uh, as an artist to also do those roles as much mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. the other repertoire we do.
0: Also to be seen next season, um, the world premieres from this season, including and in no particular chronological order, but "Bo," which was Mark Morris's piece, mm-hmm. and um, this is a not a world premiere but a revive, or a, a company premiere, which is this version of the Ramon. They were.
2: Well, we Ramonda had done dances. it before, Ramonda.
0: But this particular version, I'm not sure. Well, um, the, with the it has different yeah, costumes exactly. and, de- and, yeah. and
2: set designs, mm-hmm. but it's basically the same uh, Nureyev production, mm-hmm. or it's, you know, That's right. quote, choreography mm-hmm. or staging of it, plus some additional variation for the female soloists That's what I'm thinking. that he added yeah. on later on for mm-hmm. the, for the mm-hmm. Royal Ballet.
0: And this is our um, the company's Petit Pas dose for yeah, next season. That's and, right. Uh, as we've talked many times there mm-hmm. are reasons why they have to do some pie every year to uh,
2: keep up the classical technique keep those fifth positions <laughs> intact <laughs>
0: um, and again an opulently beautiful.
1: It is a beautiful set and uh, it, we rented it from the Royal and the one thing that you may not know about this particular set is the dancers actually dance on a floor cloth um, which is not something they dance on all the time. And um, it it leads for a more challenging aspect to, to dancing, but they did a great job. Good grief. It. Yeah, yeah. And it's not easy
2: to get used to, especially for the ladies in the yeah. pointe so.
0: This may or may not be a good time to bring up the fact that I hear that the stage at the Bolshoi has a very steep rake, and the dancers will have to cope with that. Uh,
1: that's what I've heard. Yeah. Um, no? uh,
2: I've danced there, so I know. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And for those who might not know what we're talking about, the rake is the fact that the actual stage is a slope. Has a slight
1: incline to it. Yeah,
0: where we get the expression upstage to downstage. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: But it's not every day you get an opportunity to dance there, so I'm sure they'll make it work. They'll (laughs) cope. We will make it work. (laughs) That's right. (laughs)
0: Um, Ashley Page... Choreographed Guide to Strange Places to the Music of John Adams. Fascinating work. Yes, And uh, well, I understand there was just a lot of challenging stuff for the dancers to do in it. And they will have a chance to do that again. Um, symphonic Dances, choreographed by Edward Liang, and to the amazingly beautiful score by Rachmaninoff. And um, I have heard the dancers say some of the most difficult partnering that they've had to encounter in quite some time so that'll be fun to see that come back.
2: It probably has to do with that uh, Liang himself was a very good uh-huh. not only a dancer but a very good partner and uh, I think he sort of incorporates that in his own choreography.
0: That's probably a drawback to um, a dancer becoming a choreographer very soon after retiring from performing. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was this interesting revival. Um, I say interesting. It has. It's not a work that's done a whole lot in the Balanchine world. You have a particular history with this piece. So yes,
2: I, when I was with New York City Ballet, I danced this role a, a lot, uh, mostly with uh, Patricia McBride. And uh, so it brought back some wonderful memories when uh, it was being mm-hmm. staged here by. Maria Caligari, who was the principal dancer in New York City Ballet at the same time I was there. Uh, and it, I think it's just a, a beautiful work, uh, lovely music, and uh, sort of balancing at his um, sort of what I call La Sulfide mode. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> we could be looking at a picture of Ballet La Selfide here. That's right. If we didn't know better. Yeah. Um, so it'd be fun to see that again. Um, one of the other world premieres by our resident choreographer, Yuri Posikov, Francesca da Rimini, done to the Tchaikovsky score, tone poem. Mm-hmm. Um, some of this audience may have been fortunate to hear Martin West, our music director, uh, in one of these points of view programs, um, doing an in-depth analysis of this score, of this music. It's just an amazing piece. and. Mm-hmm. Yuri pulled out all the stops, and um, Chris, I understand you did the lighting. I
1: did uh, design the lighting. Design the lighting. And and Alex Nichols uh, designed the set, which uh, were the two same creative team behind Raku, and uh, Sandra Woodhall did the uh, lovely Mm -hmm. costumes. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, working with Yuri is great. He's a very theatrical uh, type of individual who has like grandiose ideas, and. and you know it, part of my responsibility is to try to bring them to the stage the best way we can without going completely overboard, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was a fun project to work on with fury
0: and it'll be great to see it again. It gave a handful of dancers an amazing, challenging lot of dancing and acting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we will be reviving. Um, in contrast to Scotch Symphony. The Symphony in Three Movements by Balanchine to the Stravinsky music, the, mu- the costumes are very um, spare, it's very neoclassical, Sorry. so it's an outstanding contrast to Scotch Symphony. And then we're reviving this work of yours. I don't know how long it's been since we did Criss Cross.
2: It's been a long time. <laughs> and, um, very long time.
0: The um, as I recall, the crisscross has to do with the fact that it's in two sections and mm-hmm. in two styles. Yes. And um, mm-hmm. it must have been you having a good time with either dancers or music or both. Both? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, my probably personal favorite of all time, almost, In the Night, choreographed by Jerome Robbins to the unbelievably wonderfully romantic music of Frederick Chopin and I think this this work needs to be in the company repertoire every few years and it seems to be so thank you of um, this is a um, this is just a lovely picture I hope that's a poster somewhere Incidentally all of the pictures you're looking at um, were photographed by Eric Thomason who's our company's Amazingly wonderful, sort of resident photographer, I believe. Mm-hmm. That yes. It? And incidentally, a close relation. <laughs> um, it'll be nice to see this, within the golden hour, come back, choreographed by Christopher Weldon, um, to this um, mix of music. Interesting. And um, it, it was one of the popular pieces at the time, and I think it's been done out and about quite a bit. You're doing yes, it on tour this summer. That's right. Mm-hmm. So it'll be nice to have that back. Um, and then, of course, there will be San Francisco Ballet. Always attracts choreographers and attracts new works. One of one of the things we do well, I'm glad to say. And so next year, Wayne McGregor, whose work you're familiar with, Eden, Eden from a few years back, and Chroma, which was amazingly popular the last couple mm-hmm. of years, were not uh, choreographed on our company. They were brought from the outside, and so now he is
2: choreographing, doing a work Mm -hmm. for us,
0: and that'll be fun. Mm -hmm. The dancers always talk about going home sore, (laughs) (laughs) so we'll see. Um, Resident choreographer Yuri Posakov will do a piece, and then Alexey Ratmansky, who um, choreographed Carnival of the Animals, but he does a lot of other things in a lot of different styles. So That's I'm true, yes. I think we can look forward to something other than animals. Yes, I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Suite en Blanc it sort of comes out of the past and out of history. Mm-hmm. And I'm sort of curious to know where does this work by the um, expatriate Russian, Serge Lifar, who then located at the Paris Opera in the um, 1930s and 40s, created this work. Where has it been living all this time?
2: Uh, mostly in, in France, in mm-hmm. Paris, Paris Opera Desert. And I had seen it there many years ago. Mm-hmm. And it is um, choreographed in period classical, in a way kind of neoclassical mm-hmm. style. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought it, this would be a great uh, addition for our dancers to contrast Onegin or Mm -hmm. Francesca de Remini or whatever, Wayne McGregor. Uh So um, I I thought why not bring this and and this hasn't been seen here so far as Mm -hmm. I know. And uh, it has recently been done uh, in in London with the uh, English National Ballet and was received extremely Mm -hmm. well there. And and I think I just got um, notice in the mail today from the Paris Opera Ballet is going to New York in the summer and they happen to be bringing that ballet. Oh insert, great, so.
0: it's funny how they things like that seem yes. to appear in cycles. all of a
2: sudden everybody's yeah. doing this
1: sort of the same thing. Well, you noticed, you noticed oh. Helge said Paris Opera and in, in New York so I'm just waiting for the guess where we're going on to our next conversation. <laughs> 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 okay this
0: one is going to be something else. Yes. Um, there are a couple reasons why um, we might be doing this, and I think because the company now has this wonderful relationship with John Neumeyer and um, I wonder if you'd just say a few words, just briefly, so we can move on to Don Quixote before too long. But
2: well, to I Mijinsky,
0: think the Hamburg Ballet yeah. here.
2: Well, John, has been a, a good friend for a long, long time, and. Um, Maybe I've said this before, but I was in one of his very first ballets he created um, when I was in Europe. So we have known each other for a long time. I think John is extremely talented as a a choreographer, artist. Uh, He not only choreographs, he designs the sets, he does the lighting. And um, so this Hamburg Ballet really reflects his Choreographic style, which is very much uh, in storytelling, mm-hmm. and um, somewhat the story of Nijinsky is to him very, very um, interesting, and uh, he wanted to tell that story. Mm-hmm. And he, when he was here with uh, Little Mermaid, and we talked about his company coming here for a visit in our opera house, he sort of looked at the opera house and said, "My God, this, this is just." This is for Nijinsky's ballet. This opera house is just right for it, he said. And would you mind if we brought that? And um, I said, as long as you don't bring Little Mermaid. <laughs> 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 so this is, was his choice, and um, I think it's, it's a wonderful theatrical work, like all his w- mm-hmm, almost all his mm-hmm. works are.
0: So program two next season will be the Hamburg Ballet Company mm-hmm. performing this work, Nijinsky. And, uh, well, that's something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of things to look forward to, um, many of you may have seen the press release about the fact that we will be doing a full-length Cinderella choreographed by Christopher Wheeldon, to the traditional music. Um, But it's an interesting production. Chris, why don't you sort of (laughs) go on about about this? Um,
1: Well, I've had the pleasure so far of traveling to... uh, Amsterdam to meet with Chris and uh, it's a co-production with the Dutch National Ballet where he uh, did a design presentation with uh, Julian Crouch who is the um, set designer, set (laughs) and costume designer. Uh, Some of you may know his work. He designed uh, Satu for the Metropolitan Opera and Adam's Family on Broadway. He's a very wonderful designer but this is his first full-length ballet so we're uh, really excited to work with him. And you can just tell right now this is just the model of um, the ballroom scene when uh, Cinderella enters the ball and um, is at center with the prince. I mean, all the figures look the same, but that's the setting <laughs> that we're in. And um, it's just gonna be a, a real magical production. I don't wanna give too much of it away. It's loosely based on the uh, Brothers grim tale of Cinderella. And um, I think it's gonna be extremely exciting and uh, very, challenging for the dancers, but I think the audience and everyone's gonna have a wonderful experience with it. Um, Yeah, it's gonna be truly magical.
0: And do I understand that it will actually be premiered in Amsterdam?
1: Yes, this coming December.
0: (coughs) This December, so the shared production actually gets the premiere done there.
2: And I should tell you, Christopher Wilden will start his choreography here this summer on our company, probably roughly about half of it. And the second half, he will be doing uh, Dutch National Ballet starting in October, Uh, Hmm. which leads up to the premiere, and then we get it um, in the end of our season. Yep.
1: so this time next year, we'll be sitting here talking about Cinderella. Right. (laughs) And how wonderful it is. (laughs) So uh, right now, uh, it's still in the, Finaliza- finalization stage, I guess you can say, uh, of of the set design and making sure the parameters are going to work for both companies um, over in Europe and here in North America, and to make sure it's uh, tourable and doable. So.
0: Well, I yes, at this time <laughs> next year we'll be sitting here just all excited. I can I can hardly wait. I um, did understand from the press release that. Christopher Wilden is basing his his conception, let's say, going back more to the original fairy tales mm-hmm. and not on the um, more expected librettos that we see—the Ashton version and the previous Christiansen version and the Ben Stevenson version—they all are very similar. Yeah, And this sounds like it's going to be different.
1: It will be different in the sense that the stepsisters will actually be danced by women uh-huh. as opposed to male dancers in sort of like the, uh, a lot of the other traditional Cinderella's. Um, and the story uh, doesn't necessarily start with Cinderella cleaning the kitchen. The story starts uh, with uh, her father and her mother. Mm-hmm. So there's that introduction oh, right. of those two individuals. And then we move from that point into um, her, why she ended up uh, with these stepsisters and all that kind of stuff. So you get a little intro into her life and then it takes us right to the point that everybody's familiar with in all the other versions of her cleaning and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it'll be very exciting in terms of the storytelling, I'm sure. Well, but I think from the,
2: from the design point of view, yeah. it's gonna be very different from any other Cinderella Definitely. Definitely definitely very magical
1: it'll be magical there will be um, some projection type effects in it um, obviously it'll have beautiful lighting and the transitions will be uh, definitely beautiful it'll be done in three acts so you know you're going to get a good evening of ballet for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right well um, okay now here we are with don quixote which is just this amazingly wonderful, colorful, rollicking, Mm. romping, hard to dance, great to watch, um, conclusion to a season. It's a great revival and in addition to the familiarity that we have with the work, it's in a new production and we have some great, great photos of it. So we're going to flip through the photos as you each comment on it Helgi, would you start us off by saying this production came to us nine years ago-ish. Um, it's a, a co-creation of you, between you and Yuri Posikov. Yes, we and worked how did, that, how did that come about in just a couple of memories? Well, basically,
2: I, I thought it would be fun to, to have uh, Donkey Don Quixote production here, mm-hmm. being danced by the company. It's a very lighthearted work, and, and yet, uh, technically it's quite demanding from all the principal dancers. Um, so we, I opposed Yuri, and I talked to Yuri and I said, would you like to work on this together? And he said, absolutely. So we did and we rented um, the, the costume scenery from the Royal Danish Ballet. And we thought maybe one season and, and it was very popular so we had to rent it back again. <laughs> and ship it you know, back across the ocean and get it back, and that's quite expensive. Um, so little by little, we, th- we finally said we should just build our own one day.
0: And it, I'm just going to assume this seemed like the right time.
2: It was the right time, and I, I had uh, Mar- Martin Paclodinas who mm-hmm. did uh, Nutcracker for us. I thought he would be the right person. He has a great sense of color uh, in his costumes. Start. and. Um, so this was just the right time we, uh, t- for us to do it. Yeah.
0: Chris, you really walked with this production, um, and I, I wonder th- if you sort of. I sure s- tell did. Us, I mean, how does how does a new production well, come always, to be? It's always
1: it's always exciting to work on a new production, and uh, I mean this was sort of my first opportunity to kind of quarterback a, a full-length production from conception to the stage, and I mean almost a year ago this time, both Helgi and I were in New York in Martin's studio. Um, just talking about the ideas. uh, Martin definitely had some uh, great ideas and and presented it. And we sat there and we were playing around with a maquette and trying to figure out what would work where and just some real amazing creativity. I mean, that's the part I wish people would get to see, like, how the creative juices started flowing and what would work and what wouldn't work. So I think we spent two days. One day was based... was basically the set and then the second day was costumes which Helgi spent more time uh, talking to Martin with and then uh, the drawings and the renderings came and then um, myself and the wonderful production team that we have here at San Francisco just put it all together. Um, We started actually building the production in August of last year and Finally made its debut on stage uh, last week. So it's been a long process because while we were building that, we were also, you know, doing all the other new works. So Don Q was kind of hovering over us the whole time while we were inserting all the other stuff, and uh, it, it was it was a great collaboration. Lots of emails and phone calls and um, FedEx packages with drawings and um, just a, a lot of communication and.
0: Well, we're looking at a picture of Jim Soam Mm -hmm. as the Don. Um, One of the great things about doing the old classics is that the entire organization gets involved, and this work has, I think it's five or six, outstanding character parts for the character dancers, the retired classical dancers, and to see Jim Soam who was a classical dancer in the company in the 70s and 80s um, back as the Don it was just great. Yeah. Um, here is the Don <coughs> in his study with the other, uh, the next I should say, wonderful character part, that of Sancho Panza and um, it's danced by um, pa- Pascal Pascal Molat mm-hmm. Um, alternated, I believe, by James Safranco. Right. Um,
2: They're both wonderful in it.
0: Just yeah, yeah. difficult, in yeah. a way, because yeah. it, the buffoonery is very carefully c- choreographed. But what a great opportunity to just cut up. <laughs> <laughs> and it, talk about color. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to be able to get glimpses of set and of costumes here we have Vanessa Zahorian, who danced the opening night production as Kitri It really, you know, the story doesn't have a whole lot to do with Don Quixote <laughs> himself. No. It's a little bit more <laughs> about, in fact, some productions are called kitri's Wedding. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's correct. Um, and this, now it's laid in a Spanish <laughs> city. What city do we think this is Barcelona. laid in? Oh, Barcelona. Barcelona. <laughs>
1: But uh, I know Martin, uh, he, he didn't want it to be too um, descriptive that you would, mm-hmm. you know, pick a certain place, but uh, he definitely wanted you to feel, um, even when he was here, he wanted you to be transformed from one space to the next. Mm-hmm. Like it was this era on the journey uh-huh. uh, as well with Don Quixote. So every scene needed to have its own thing. Uh-huh. You know?
0: Well, here we are introduced to one of the next characters who is the foppish Gamash, who is the suitor, who is desired by Ketri's father. And of course, Ketri doesn't want to have anything to do with this suitor. Um, this is Miles Thatcher. And I believe, is it Garen Scribner who alternates this yes. season? Yeah. Um, it's quite a character. Mm-hmm. The colors. I just, I keep looking at the colors. They just keep getting brighter and brighter. We have on your left are um, Ketri's Best Friends. Every Petipa ballet has friends. <laughs> <laughs> heroine has friends. You need friends. Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and they have variations to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Especially when you're in sunny Spain. When, Especially when you're in sunny Spain. <laughs> uh, absolutely.
0: And just more of the beautiful costumes. There's... Um, a character, I've never been quite sure exactly why we have Mercedes, but we have Mercedes, and she has a gorgeous dress, and she does three dresses. Three dresses. Beautiful. Three dresses. gorgeous mm-hmm. dresses, and does some amazing dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, danced in one cast by Sarah Van Patten. Um, Espada, the Toreador. Speaking of color, everything is just primary colors. Mm-hmm. And it's so brightly lit. In fact, I heard someone say that um, there was more light than usual on the stage. Is that true?
1: Well, I mean, uh, uh, I know Jim Ingalls who, who lit it, and with Marty and uh, Jim talking, uh, you know, they really wanted to get a sense of you know, sunny Spain. So uh, I would say there is a lot of light on stage, more so than some of our other productions, uh-huh. definitely.
0: Um, more of the characters dancing in this opening scene is very much the village central square area and just dance, dance, dance. And that I would say is one of the characteristics mm-hmm. of this production is dance, yes. dance, dance. Mm-hmm. Every Petipa ballet has animals. <laughs> and you remember Giselle, there are dogs. Swan Lake, mm-hmm. there are dogs. Don Quixote, there's a horse and a donkey. Mm-hmm. And they're lovely. <laughs> and they come back two or three times is there something challenged is there a union for animals
1: <laughs> <laughs> if uh, i'm sure they would love to have one if they could <laughs> if they could say can we have one um but you know we definitely uh we uh we book the animals through um uh i, I don't want to say through an agency but through handlers who deal with mm-hmm. uh animals who are who do shows and stuff like that, and um, and they are they're brought in every day um, into uh, the backstage area, and um, on a double show day, like on Saturday, you will see the handlers walking the horse and the donkey, riding the horse on the donkey along Van Ness, <laughs> to give them uh, you know an opportunity to just get some fresh air and walk. And uh, the other day I was driving my car along Van Ness and I went. Is that horse and <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was actually pretty funny to see these two animals right at the corner of Van Ness and McAllister and, uh, <laughs> you know, coming back from Phil's coffee house. And, but, uh, They're I, wonderful. But they do go for a walk every day. Um,
0: this is a great moment in the first act when Sancho Panza is being tossed in a big blanket and mm-hmm. um, comic moment and probably a a little bit of a risk management moment. <laughs> um, make sure that's all carefully handled. <clears throat> the two friends, again, who get a chance to do lots of dancing, um, Courtney Elizabeth on your right and Doris Andre on your left, soloists. Um, and then, of course, there are the pas de deux and the variations, and you will recognize the music and you will recognize the choreography, which is very, very well beloved, I would say, and well known. Um, Vanessa with um, Joan Boida and I don't know how clear it is because of all of the color but he's definitely holding her with just one arm <laughs> and that's de rigueur for this pot de deux. Um, Just it's just sunny and flashy and people jump and people dance and very familiar pictures one more time the plot doesn't really make a lot of sense,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and it doesn't need to.
1: It, it's Don It's yeah. We run from
0: the village to the gypsy camp. So here we are in the gypsy camp, and here is Hansuke as the gypsy leader. And here I think is this. I can't tell is that, Polly. That's Polly. And Polly uh, yeah, as the gypsy.
2: Queen. Queen. Yeah.
0: <laughs> In what I've, I'm told is the most gorgeous skirt yes. ever. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful design work. Mm-hmm. Um, wonderful choreography. Of course, the lovers appear Basilio and Kitri, and they dance a pas de deux, which I understand you interpolated that pas de deux. And it's a little those of us who have the eye for Pettipock can spot that it's not Pettipock choreography. <laughs> 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 because you don't do three of these and one of those. <laughs> um, more beautiful. Um, then, this is a great image of all, of, of four of the characters. And on the right is uh, Ricardo as Kitri's father, and then there's Sancho Panza, and then there's Um, Gamache Mm, Gamache. and the Don all danced by um, the wonderful character actors who are in our company. Mm, There's a wonderful little scene and in every Petipa ballet there are children and that's one of the great traditions in the theater is that Mm. the children Mm -hmm. perform in the ballets and grow up learning the ballets that way. So there's a puppet show. The children dance in the puppet show and it kind of figures in the plot. Sort of. Well, <laughs> it,
2: it, the, the puppets are basically showing what uh, the father is trying to arrange for Kitri uh. And uh, there's this Basilio there and they are in love. And then father comes in, in the puppet show and he puts them away and said, no, this is the Gamash you have to marry. And so the little girl says, uh. oh no, go away, go away. I'm crying, I'm crying, go, go away. So that's the plot and, uh. and, and Don Quixote gets very upset with this. and.
0: And destroys the poor little puppet people. <laughs> yes. And then there's a business with the windmill. And then poor the poor Dawn collapses yes. and has a dream. And every Pettipa Ballet has a dream. <laughs> and here is Sophie Ann Silva as the queen of the creatures that appear in this dream who happen to be dryads. Dryads are wood nymphs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's a forest.
1: There is. There's a forest. Um, okay. Don Quixote has dryads, and Sleeping Beauty has ni- That's n- the naiad. like that, I, I believe. All these ballets yeah. have some form of dryads.
0: Um, <laughs> and there's Cupid. <laughs> Cupid appears, uh, wonderfully danced by Clara Blanco. And Keytree is woven in and out of this uh, because it's, a, it's um, Don Quixote's dream, <laughs> and of course his dream woman is Dulcinea, and so. He, this is Ketria's Dulcinea. And beautiful core work. And the poor girls of the core mm-hmm. get called upon to do this wonderful stuff. Um, they've got a swan core to do, they've got willies to do, and then they have dryads to do.
2: And, and more children in there. And, oh sure. yes, and then
0: here are the little, they're always mm-hmm. children from the school. These are, I would say, intermediate children The girls are already dancing on point. Um, The little Cupids, and a little more of Dulcinea and the the dawn. Then we get—he wakes up, or the lovers appear or disappear—and we end up in a tavern. And Mm -hmm. once again, we have Espada and Mercedes. And in a different dress. In (laughs) a different dress. Beautiful dress. Mm -hmm. And more opportunity for more dancing. More dancing. And then there's the drama, and because the father appears and really wants Kytri to be marrying Gamash, they hatch the plot and Basilio decides he will fake that he's going to kill himself. So he appears to be dead. Kytri appears to be doing basically the mad scene from Giselle, <laughs> and, um, and the father buys it and decides to bless a marriage between them even though he's dying or it's, again, it doesn't have to make sense, really.
2: It's a comic ballet. It's mm. a okay. <laughs> And
0: he's, of course, Basilio springs back to life and they are blessed and it's going to be the wedding. And of course, every Petipa ballet has a final act that is the wedding. So here we are at the wedding And we have the bridesmaids, and more color. Oh, the color, and the bridesmaids. And there are going to be some little flower girls in here somewhere, and the bride and the groom. And this is the, the Don Quixote would not be the ballet without fans, Mm -hmm. and the ballerina. Of course, there are many stories about the fans, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And yet another dress for Mercedes,
1: Mm
0: which is just, Gorgeous. She's like a movie star
1: in the whole. Direction. Yeah. <laughs> and there are, and there are the
0: little flower girls over on the right. So more children from the school. And everyone, I think, has had a costume change by now. Or two or three.
2: Yes, most of them have. Yeah.
0: And, of course, we have Happily Ever After. Hmm. I'm not sure if there's... Too much more we could say. We've saved about five minutes Mm -hmm. for the audience to ask us some questions. If you would bring the lights up a little bit. And there are, as I understand it, roaming mics. And so we'll start with just a minute. Let me find where the mics are. Have we got? There's one and there's one. Is that Kate? We have a question right down here in the front. She's coming behind you with the mic. You
2: mentioned a special floor, a floor covering that for a particular ballet. Yes, yeah,
1: for it, Ramonda. It was for Ramonda. What is that, it, and it, how is it different than regular floor? I'd never heard of it before. Well, the, um, the dancers normally dance on what's called a Marley, a studio uh, floor that's made by different manufacturers, which allow, um, for example, the, um, the satin, points you to uh, grip nicely to the dance floor. So this is the floor that we normally use in our studios. Um, a lot of the ballets that were created uh, at the Royal uh, during that time had uh, lovely floor cloths, which are, it's, it's a canvas cloth that's stretched. So right now we dance on more of a, um, a rubber type material that's padded. This is just, just think of a sheet of canvas that's stretched across the stage and painted really nicely. So it doesn't have any cushioning or any support. It's just a, a beautiful visual element on the floor that they dance on. But because you know times have changed, they, the actual floor that they're used to dancing on is underneath that canvas floor. And the canvas floor was designed specifically for the set. But a long time ago, there never used to be all the fancy floors that we have now. And that canvas floor would have been probably on a, a hard wooden floor.
0: Good question. Um do you want to pick up
1: mm-hmm. yeah. on YouTube there are two video clips from John Neumeyer's and mm-hmm. and it's very clearly to the music of Prince Jacobsakov Shearov. Here you indicated by Shostakovich that somebody
0: clarified. We should probably repeat the question because it didn't go into the mic. Um would you mind? Mm-hmm.
1: On YouTube, there are two video clips from John
2: Neumeyer's Nijinsky, and although the music is not credited, it's very clearly Scheherazade by Rimsky-Korsakov. Today, it was indicated that the music is by Dmitry Shostakovich. Can somebody clarify? I think it just has to do with that John uses sometimes many different composers' music in, in his ballets, and I think it was just an error on our part not to list all of them.
0: My understanding is there are several composers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an evening length work yeah. with many and sections. And that's
2: quite common with but, but John. He will use different composers mm. at the same time. It,
0: it uh, what, can we try over here? I just mm-hmm. <laughs> like to try to hop back and forth. Super curious, how does the donkey and the horses do their private business and how many times have they been rehearsed before the performances? Okay, That's- so there's
1: two questions. One was about their private business. <laughs> it's their private business. <laughs> uh, and sorry, the second one was was it about rehearsal? Um, so basically, based on the rehearsal schedule, that artistic has, we um, I'll, my team will get with Helgi's team and just find out exactly which rehearsals they would love to have the animals at. So not all stage rehearsals require the animals, but if we're gonna do specific scenes with Don Q and Sancho um, where there's the interaction with the animals, then we'll have that. So it's pretty scheduled to make sure that um, both horse, horse and donkey aren't being abused or they're there longer than they need to be. We bring them in right for when they need to be on stage and then they're literally cut loose.
0: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Couple more.
1: Not to uh, harp on the floor, but we sit in the nosebleed section and we were there last night and I have to compliment you on the performance. It was absolutely magnificent. Oh, but you. we saw the floor change. We saw from a, a forest floor, we saw a light tan floor, how does that get changed? Does that happen during the... Uh, you know? <laughs> yes, so, so there's a couple things that happen. Um, act one and act three are performed on our, our gray floor, and so some of the texture and color you see is done primarily by lighting. Act two is done on a black floor, where some of the texture and color you see is also done by lighting, but at the intermission, uh, we have uh, a number of stagehands who um, lay the black floor on top of the gray floor. And then at the second intermission, they peel the floor up and the other grays underneath. So there's a, all the choreography that you get to see when the curtain goes up, there's just as much choreography when the curtain is down to get to all those scenes. Um, so it's pretty, uh, you know, some of the guys backstage says, you know, we should just charge people to watch how we go from one scene to the next scene to the next scene.
0: I, I, I agree with you. The choreography to watch how, uh, how skilled they are yeah. and mm-hmm. how they work together, and obviously they have to practice a maneuver like laying Definitely. five strips of yeah. Marley. And but it'll cost you more money me. to see
1: that than seeing actual. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we can maybe take one more question. You. Where's the There's mics? Right down center. We've got
1: someone right down, we got someone down in center front. Here. Traditionally, in your ballets, you, uh, you designate pairs of principals who stay as pairs of principals through the, ver- the week-long run. But in this production, you are mixing your pairs, right? That's my understanding. Could you explain your... Th- thinking behind that?
2: <laughs> it's very simple. I have three wonderful trees, ladies, and I have six wonderful basile men, which is amazing mm-hmm. in this size company. Um, someone said to me the other day uh, that they can't think of any other company. Uh, well, they say maybe ballet theater, but that's because they bring in guest artists from around the world when they do Something like that. So I'm very, very fortunate to have six of them. So to give them all opportunity, each of the three ladies had to have two partners, which had made it more difficult for them because there's extra rehearsals, but um, they were all fine with it, so that's the reason.
0: I wish we could go on longer. Many of these folks are going to be going to this evening's performance, so we do want to give them time to get across the courtyard. I want to thank all of you in the audience for being wonderful this season.